It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The BYU Cougars are off to a 2-0 start to the season as we all expected, but do we really know what BYU is as a football program right now? I do not think so, and I will explain ahead on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. By way of introduction, for some of you who may be checking us out for the very first time, we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And a big thank you to all of you who have supported this show from the get-go. We are five years strong into this and uh, having a blast, uh, frankly. It's been a lot of fun to do this, talking all things BYU. Uh, quick reminder that today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor over at FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get up to $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started on that today. Alright, let's launch right into today's show. Mondays during the season, the football season in particular, we do what we call Film Review Mondays. Uh, obviously, BYU beating uh, Southern Utah, 41-16. to 16. You want my quick hot takes as well as our listener reaction. I would encourage you guys, if you have not done so already, to listen to the special edition postcast that we did uh, Saturday night, recapping the win for BYU. But uh, I spent this, uh, I guess, ensuing time since then, obviously spending time with family on Sunday, attending church, all that type of stuff, but also sat down and uh, watched, rewatched the entirety of the BYU-Southern Utah game to get some of my takeaways that I may have missed uh, lifetime watching it in person. Obviously, uh, there are things that are concerning for BYU as they get ready now for a real uh, just uptick in the level of competition as BYU makes a, a road trip, their first road trip of the season, going all the way to Fayetteville, Arkansas to take on the vaunted Arkansas Razorbacks. Very much looking forward to that, and we will start digging into them on tomorrow's edition of the show more in depth. But the biggest thing for me coming out of the Southern Utah game is the offensive line is a massive question mark right now for BYU. And the, the bigger question I have is who is the real BYU? And that's what I introduced today's show with. Because watching BYU beat Sam Houston State and watching them roll past Southern Utah, I just don't feel like I have a real good feel for who BYU is as a football program right now. They were fully expected, heavily favored, to win both of these games. Obviously, it was a it was a 26.5 point favorites against Sam Houston. You failed to uh, cover that spread. And then it's a, it was a 30 or it was dropped into the high 29s in terms of the overall spread against Southern Utah. But you handled your business. You won both of those games. And yet, now you were 2-0, but I still feel like I don't have a real good feel for who BYU is as a football program right now. Let me explain that because rewatching this game against Southern Utah, I mentioned the offensive line. 
is a massive issue right now. Caleb Etienne was a 13-game starter for Oklahoma State a year ago. Now, Oklahoma State wasn't great, and he was the only offensive lineman to start every game for the Cowboys a year ago. He is downright near unplayable right now for BYU football. Uh, Jeff Hansen over there, Cougar Sports Insider, as well as uh, Give Him Help Brigham, the Daily Dose he does right here on YouTube as well. He mentioned the fact that, according to PFF, uh, the, the PFF ranking for Caleb Etienne has him as the worst offensive lineman BYU's got, and it doesn't take a PFF grade to see it with your own eyes. He is abysmal right now in the run blocking scheme. Pass pro, he's been okay, but it's not. He he's far from elite in that department. And actually, that was the one part of his game that he was considered to be elite at was pass pro a year ago for Oklahoma State. He's marginal at best at pass pro and downright miserable in the run game. And he's not the only one along that offensive line that's having issues in the run game. Kingsley Sumatia got nicked up early on in that Southern Utah game and never looked like the dominant left tackle we've expected him to be. He has not been that through two games this year. So your two bookend tackles, guys that you were hoping were going to be one of a first-round draft pick in a lot of people's eyes out there that study the NFL draft for a living, and the other one, a guy that was a, a, a 13-game starter a year ago for a Power 5 program, one of your conference rivals, he's just not looking the part. And that doesn't absolve the interior of the offensive line. Watching them, there were missed opportunities, missed assignments for all three interior guys. Paul Miley at center, Waylon Lapuaho at left guard, as well as Connor Pay at right guard. Crazily enough, to me, uh, just on my uh, naked eye view, re-watching this game and watching with my own eyes, Braden Keim, who came in in relief of Kingsley Suomataia, uh, kind of alternating series with him, he looked to me like the most hungry and the most, uh, I guess, accomplished offensive lineman BYU had in that game. Number two guy for me would be Connor Pay, and we're going to have him on this show coming up on Wednesday. Just a little bit of a PSA for you guys. Uh, I'm expecting him to not mince words as he tries to explain what's going on with the offensive line. But right now, you've got a massive issue just in terms of the overall uh effort level it feels like from that offensive line it just they're not on the same page right now and like I said Caleb BTN is the just it, it's it's not working it is not working right now is, is there something you can do to light a fire under him I hope so because he is a huge human being he looks like the prototypical tackle that you want to be a mauler in the run game and just swallow guys when you're uh, dropped back into pass pro, but he's not accomplishing either thing right now. So you got to figure out on the offensive line. Rewatching the game made me feel even worse for how this offensive line per, uh, performed. Now, the other thing about this is, is the running backs have not necessarily been stellar either. That's the thing about this. It was a very very meager run game against Southern Utah. 46 yards on 23 carries. It's two yards per carry. That will not get it done. And if you're doing that against Southern Utah, you can guarantee that programs like Arkansas, Kansas upcoming, Cincinnati, etc. will just game plan to say, you know what? They can't run the football. We're going to make them one-dimensional. We're just going to sit back and uh, pick them off in terms of the pass game. You've got to find a way to get the run game going. And the running backs need to step up. Aiden Robbins has just been similar to Kingsley not Kingsley Sumatia, similar to Caleb Etienne. He's been, in some cases, downright unplayable right now for BYU. LJ Martin, the true freshman four-star prospect, is far and away BYU's best running back right now, in my mind. And by and he is not perfect by any means. His pass pro during game one against Sam Houston, he struggled with it at times. He was not perfect against Southern Utah either. But... It's just you got to find some answers in the run game. The passing game against Southern Utah, rewatching it, it was absolutely stellar. Keaton Slovis looked like the All-American type player that he was at USC, just slinging the rock all over the field, hooking up with multiple receivers all over the field. It was great to see that. Did he have some moments where he struggled? He had some balls that he misfired on? Yeah, but that happens with every quarterback. So 
There is a massive, massive issue right now for BYU in the run game. And I, I, I wish I had a good answer for why it is struggling like it is. But to me, you got to shuffle this offensive line. You reopen it to competition this week. You tell Braden Kime, you want to be the left tackle or right tackle? Go earn it. You tell Simi Mawala, hey, you want to unseat the other tackle? You go earn that. On the interior of the offensive line, you're telling guys like Jake Icorn, uh, uh, Peter Falanico, uh, uh, Ian Fitzgerald, you're telling all of them. The jobs are up for grabs. You didn't win it the first time around. You got a chance this week to win it this time as we go into Arkansas. Go out there and prove you can get it done. Because right now, it is abysmal for BYU in the run game. I, like I said, I, I rewatched this game, and I felt even worse than I did Saturday night as I was pretty harsh on that run game output. It's just it's not good enough right now, and it will not get the job done for BYU to be successful this season. If the run game operates like it did against Southern Utah in particular, and it continues also from the trend we saw early on against Sam Houston State, we're talking about a team that could absolutely be one-dimensional most of the year, and I'm just not sure that is going to be anything that's going to help BYU get anywhere near bowl eligibility, because these are too good of defenses, too good of athletes across the board in the next 10 opponents for BYU for the Cougars to think we're going to pick off four of these having a, a a pretty good passing game. It just it doesn't seem sustainable for me. Could I be wrong about that? Could they lean in and become like uh, the Mike Leach era uh, air raid offense of old and just sling the rock all over the field and that's the way they win games? Sure, but I don't think Aaron Roderick plans on doing that. That's not Aaron Roderick's MO. That's not his style as an offensive coordinator. He prefers a more balanced offense. Now, balance is kind of a, it's not perfect. You're never going to have a completely balanced offense. There's very rare the times you get 200 yards rushing and 200 yards passing. But the thing is, you've got to have more semblance of balance for BYU to have success in any way, shape, or form. Now, other things I took away from this. Isaac Rex is back, folks. It is really good to see that man doing his thing. He had four receptions, 112 yards, and a touchdown. He is back to being the menace at tight end, it feels like, uh, that he was in 2020 when he set that freshman record with the 12 touchdowns. He looked very, very good in this game against Southern Utah, and the hope is that will translate over to games upcoming, obviously, for BYU. They need that safety blanket at tight end. I do have a question behind him about the other tight ends and who's going to step up. Is it Mata Avataase? Is it going to be uh, uh, Mason Fakahua? Uh, somebody else capable of stepping up. They've got to find some options there behind him, but right now he is absolutely lights out. I'm really liking BYU's uh, linebacker trio. I like him even more after watching that game against Southern Utah. And the trio I'm talking about are Ben Bywater, Max Tooley, and A.J. Vongpachan. They are absolutely balling out right now. And Isaiah Glasker was in pads on the sideline. Excuse me, was not in pads on the sideline against Southern Utah. So the hope is that uh, whatever he's dealing with, he'll be back uh, from it soon and be able to get back out there and play. But right now, those three lead guys at linebacker for BYU are really Really looking good. I do have a concern about BYU's interior defensive line. Jackson Cravens is an absolute rock in the middle of that defense. He is BYU's best defensive tackle by my uh, projection by far and away. He is the best defensive tackle BYU's got right now. Who is number two on that list? It's a massive question mark for me. Atunai Samahe has his moments. Caden Hawes has his moments. David Latu has his moments. Uh, John Nelson has his moments. But none of them have really uh, differentiated themselves in my mind to become that no true number two option. Now, Atunai Samahe has been getting the start for BYU, 
alongside Jackson Cravens. But you got to find more when it comes to the interior of the defensive line. These are teams upcoming who will love nothing more than to jam the ball down your throat and control the game by running it down the middle of your defense. And you got to have better interior defensive line play to hold up better against that. Like I said, the, 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 the linebacking core is capable of making up for some of that, but you've got to have better interior defensive line play from at least one other defensive tackle not named Jackson Cravens. Uh, other thing about this is a lot of you asked me in game and rewatching the game. I don't know what's up with Malik Moore. They did say that him and Eddie Heckard, uh, there was a disciplinary issue that caused them to miss the first series of the game against Southern Utah. Then they both came into the game. Eddie Heckard was very, very good once again at cornerback. But Malik Moore uh, did not play as much as I expected him to against Southern Utah. Was that simply due to the fact that they wanted to get more bodies in there to see what they had at safety? Maybe so. But it just he allowed guys to get past him a couple of times. That uh, deep ball touch down to Isaiah Wooden. He uh, got his eyes caught in the backfield and did not get out of his break and uh, allowed Wooden get past him. As the deep safety in this defense, it's a one high safety look for BYU on defense. That single high safety, which is Malik Moore's job as the free safety, you cannot let guys get a, get beyond you on those uh, deep routes. The fades, the 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 skinny posts, the, you know what I'm talking about, the go routes. You cannot allow them to get beyond you. And that's what he allowed to do. I, I don't know if there's something that uh, health-wise is bothering him. He just did not have his finest performance in a BYU uniform against Southern Utah, and I'm hoping that he will bounce back this week because they're absolutely going to need him as they make the trip to Arkansas. Uh, a couple other notes. i got to pull my phone here real quick. I wrote all my notes on my notepad here on my phone. Uh, last other thing, uh, BYU, the passing game, utilized the middle of the field very very well against Southern Utah. It was something that uh, the week before against Sam Houston, a number of you were harping on me saying, Jake, they're attacking the outside like they did all last year. They didn't look across the middle of the field. I think they made a concerted effort to attack the middle of the field. Now, this might be a week-by-week thing. Depending on how defensive schemes are aligned, the middle of the field or sometimes the edge is going out to the outside uh, is going to be your best bet in the passing game. Aaron Rodder, Confessi Satake are no fools, folks. They will get it done. They will make sure that Keaton Slovis as well as the wide receivers and the tight ends know exactly what they're expected to do in the passing game and where they're going to attack. In the middle of the middle part of the field against Southern Utah was exploited fantastically by BYU in this game. It was phenomenal to see that passing game come alive for the Cougars, and they really did utilize the middle of the field. And like I said, Isaac Rex was a direct beneficiary of that. Um, one thing on the safety side of things, really, really liked what I saw from Tanner Wall, uh, the former walk-on. Uh, played wide receiver for a time for BYU before making the transition uh, to defensive back and safety. He looked very good, I thought, uh, just in the in the reps that he got. And then uh, the other thing right now, oh, let me also add this. Going back to the run game r- real quick, uh, BYU, the other thing about this is, and it, it may be a cheap excuse uh, to file it away as that if you consider it to be this, uh, the one thing that I don't think was necessarily highlighted as much as I probably should have is that Southern Utah, they knew what BYU was running on offense. Their former offensive coordinator, Blair Peterson, was a former former analyst at BYU. He's now at Northern Colorado working with Ed Lamb uh, with the Bears in the Big Sky. But he implemented this same offense, like legitimately the same offense that BYU ran down at Southern Utah. The Thunderbirds knew exactly what BYU was going to run. I don't know if you guys heard at halftime, Keaton Slovis came off the field and the guy who was doing the interview asked him, like, in terms of how are you getting plays? He's like, we had to go to the wristband. They were holding up and signaling in place. Southern Utah br- cracked the code of what BYU was signaling. So they had to uh, literally signal in Hey, this is the number on your on your armband, and that's how they had to call plays. They were blitzing into stuff. They 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 recognized what BYU was trying to do on offense. So Southern Utah had a little bit of a leg up in terms of what uh, BYU was running, just because they have that familiarity with that offense. 
is it the perfect excuse as to why BYU couldn't run the football? No, because you have better athletes. You have bigger, stronger offensive linemen. You've got better running backs. You've got better tight ends. You need to be able to run the football better, but did not help that they, they knew your run schemes. Like that, That's what Southern Utah did have the advantage of, is they knew exactly what BYU was going to try to do on offense, and once they recognized it, they could blitz into it. Obviously, guys could step into the holes that they knew were trying to be created there, but you've got to be better about this. Uh, one thing on the Aiden Robbins side of things as well is right now I think he's favoring a more of like a give me one gap to hit he's not reading it well when it comes to the zone blocking scheme and I, I, I for whatever reason I, I don't know is there is he got a he's got an injury or something is there their mental blocked I, I don't know what's going on with Aiden Robbins but I am sincerely hoping that they will get it figured out and get it figured out like right now because if you don't uh, it could be a long season ahead. That That's the simple truth of the matter is if you do not get something going in the run game, and I'm not saying you need to go out and bust out against Southern, uh, Arkansas and become like the uh, Navy uh, yesteryear teams where you're running for 300 yards. That, that's great and all, but I'm not expecting that. If you could find a way to muster 100 yards on the ground against Arkansas, that would be a win in my book for BYU. They're going to need to do that because you've got to keep Arkansas off the field. You cannot be relying on your passing game as much as you have been these first two games to get the job done so uh, yeah film review the run game it is downright abysmal right now defense did their thing I thought they were pretty good they did have some issues obviously uh, but uh, they'll clean those up obviously like I said you can't allow Malik Moore to have guys get beyond him as the deep safety Uh, they can clean up a couple things in terms of the overall run schemes it just felt like the other defensive tackles outside of Jackson Cravers were getting washed down way too easily and that was creating those seams that guys like Targi Lamson and Braden Whistler uh, were exploiting for Southern Utah in their run game so You've got to be strong on the interior of the defensive line. So I have gone way too long uh, with my film review, but nonetheless, uh, we're going to dive into some other topics here. we got to get to my Big 12 power poll. I did this last week, debuted it. Uh, where do I make of the 14 teams currently in the Big 12 after week two of the season? We'll dig into that as we get going right here. On Locked On Cougars. Now, a word on our friends over at Athletic Brewing Company. They have been with us for a couple of weeks now, my friends. And if you guys want to give a unique uh, thing a try, you guys need to try out uh, what they're doing with Athletic Brews. They are also sponsoring a new thing right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, as well as Locked On Cougars. It's called your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by the Athletic Brewing Company. Uh, Much like, and I'm going to give this to Keaton Slovis this week, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually tastes good. And why I'm giving the the game changer of the week to Keaton Slovis is he bounced back from what was a performance, and you guys know what I'm talking about, that was not not a great performance against Sam Houston, to look like an absolute star against Southern Utah. He was absolutely lights out, and I would love uh, to see him pick up from that and continue doing that against Arkansas and on down the road, but we'll have to kind of wait and see on that front. But check out Athletic Brewing Company, my friends. They completely changed, once again, the non-alcoholic beer game. Their brews are great tasting and award-winning, and they beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. If you are fancying a brew, give them a shot. If They're fit for all times. You can give them anytime, any where make any activity more enjoyable, like watching a big game, BYU or your kid's game, uh, tackling a work uh, out, or actually just simply uh, kicking back at work. There are no hang- hangovers ever, obviously, with it being a non-alcoholic beer. So give it a shot today, my friends. First-time customers can use the promo code Locked On and get 15% off your first online order. All you got to do is go to athleticbrewing.com. They also are available at a store near you if you're looking uh, to get them right now. But once again, athleticbrewing.com. Use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. ON at checkout for 15% off your order near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. 
Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. We've been talking about UCCU for months now. They've been a very strong uh, partner of ours right here on Locked On Cougars. They have a new thing called the UCCU mobile banking app and learn and earn. It is paying your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become financially literate and parents don't always have those answers and that's where learn and earn from UCCU comes in. It helps you uh, learn about money in fun, bite-sized uh, educational games using quizzes and trivia. And the best part is every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that accrue and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family, and the best part is uh, learn, and is in, learn and Earn is inside the UCC mobile banking app, so you can play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn, my friends. Learn and Earn, part of UCC's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. That's the best part about it. UCCU, love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your day. Thank you for being everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Reminder for you guys that coming up on Friday, I would encourage you guys to check out our brand new Locked On College Football Kickoff Live show. Uh, it happens every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel, including this one. Uh, it covers everything in the college football world, getting ready for the week ahead. So it'll be week three this week. Uh, check that out from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. That's 9 to 11 a.m. Mountain time here along the Wasatch Front. Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. All right, uh, it is time now for our Big 12 Power Poll on a Monday. Uh, running down where I think, and this is this is simply my opinion, and I, I, I had some great feedback last week. Some of you guys thought I was up in the night on Kansas State, UCF, um, among others. Uh, one of you thought, uh, there's no way you can put Baylor at the bottom if you lost to Texas State. They lost to Texas State, dude. They lost by 20-plus points. Uh, just, no, 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 no. Okay, so let's kick it off. Uh, this week, Texas, they go to Alabama and beat Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa. You are number one, and you look the part of the Big 12 champion that most people thought you were going to be in the preseason. Texas is back, folks. You've probably heard that terminology a time or two in the 24 to 48 hours since they won that game at Alabama. But the Longhorns very much looked the part. Uh, number two in my rankings this week, I am going to move Kansas State back up to number two. And a couple of you had questions why I had Kansas State as low as I did a week ago. But Kansas State, uh, they were the Big 12 champions a year ago. They won the Big 12 championship title game. Uh, yeah, that's a title game uh, last year. And they look like they're going to be right in the mix yet again this year. Uh, Chris Kleiman is a really, really good football coach. It's a hard-nosed, just really edgy team, speaking of the Wildcats. And I really, really like what I'm seeing from them. Uh I've got a really good friend, Travis. You're going to love this. Uh, you convinced me. I'm putting UCF three. Uh, UCF, folks, they are high flying right now. Gus Malzahn has got athletes. He's got speed. He's got just a quarterback in John Rice Plumley who's absolutely lights out. UCF looks the part. They, they, they were considered to be the best of the four newcomers to this conference, and right now I've got no reason to disagree with him. Number four on my list, Oklahoma. Now, the Sooners uh, kind of ground out a win against SMU. It wasn't the finest performance. Also, they still won the game. Uh, I had them, I think, was it three last week, if I recall correctly. Uh, I'm going to go with Oklahoma. By the way, I promised I would uh, build, get a graphic built. I have not done that yet, so apologies for that. i got a lot of other things i got to get done. i got to still, still, still mail out some of your guys' uh, prizes. 
from that giveaway we did during the summer. So bear with me. Uh, number five on the list, the Kansas Jayhawks. BYU will face them in the Big 12 opener a week from Saturday. Uh, Kansas is uh, kind of just doing their thing right now. Are they looking lights out? No, but at the same time, it's, it, they're they're looking the part. Jalen Daniels looked very, very good in his first game action of the year after missing uh, week one. Really, really, really liked what I saw from him. Uh, number five, excuse me, number six on this list, we go to Cincinnati. The Bearcats have surprised early on this season. Will it hold up the entire year? We're about to find out. But Scott Satterfield has impressed me, and the, the Bearcats as a whole have impressed me because they had a massive turnover on that roster, but they've done very, very well so far this year. Uh, number uh, number seven on this list, halfway through, TCU. Horn Frogs kind of just uh, kind of steady there. They did lose that game uh, against uh, Colorado to start the season, but Colorado looks the part, folks. I'm as stunned as anybody, so I can't ding TCU too much this week for it, so I'm going to stick them in at number seven. Uh, number eight, give me BYU. I, I think the Cougars are right there in the middle of the pack right now. They're 2-0, handled their business, but kind of going back to my original point, I don't necessarily know who BYU is. Uh, we're going to learn a lot more, I think, when we, they take on Arkansas this week. Uh, number nine. Texas Tech, heartbreaking loss. Uh, you can't have that pick six uh, that Tyler Shuck gave up uh, and that loss to Oregon. Had they pulled that off, they'd probably rock it up into the what the top three or four in this, but as such, they're number nine. Uh, I, Oklahoma State's going to be number 10 for me. I don't like Oklahoma State. They're still playing three different quarterbacks. They were in a really weird game against Arizona State late Saturday night. I just don't know uh, what Gundy, uh, speaking of Mike Gundy, is going to do. His, his son is one of the quarterbacks he's playing right now. Uh, I just don't get it. Uh, let's see. And then uh, number 11, Iowa State. Number 12, West Virginia for me. I, I think that those two are just kind of self-explanatory. Uh, Baylor's still trying to dig themselves out of the basement. And, uh, well, when you had a chance to knock off Utah and get yourself right back up into the, near the top of the power rankings, you had to go and lose that one in the final few minutes of the game. So Baylor stuck at 13. And then uh, bringing up the rear this week are the Houston Cougars. When you lose to Rice, yes, I, and trust me, Rice and them, the, the battle for the Bayou Bucket, I I get it's a rivalry game. It's a crosstown rivalry between Rice and and the Cougars. It's Cougars versus the Owls. You can't lose. Okay, here's the thing. Rice built up a 28-0 lead. Houston, under Dayton Holgerson, has a really high-flying offense, and they came rumbling back to tie it at 28. But you can't go into overtime and then lose it to Rice. Mike Bloomgren and the Rice Owls have just been bad, downright bad for so long. JT Daniels is their starting quarterback. I, Sorry, Houston, you're number 14 this week. So there you go. That's my 14 teams. Uh, so let me know what you think. I'd love nothing more than to have you guys uh, respond. We, like I said, we had great reaction last week to my power poll uh, as I put it on on Tuesday. But if you guys got thoughts on this, I'd love nothing more than to hear it from you guys. Uh, maybe I'll just do next week. I'll literally create a Google Doc and just write 1 to 14 and just put, uh, share the screen. Maybe I'll just do that. I thought, I, thought was, I had like, these grand illusions of creating some uh, some magnificent graphic. Maybe Locked On, uh, the network guys, can help me do that. But uh, those are the power rankings for this week. And like I said, I, I solicit your feedback. Please drop them in the YouTube comments below if you're watching this online or uh, fire back at me. Uh, if you guys have my cell phone, uh, please text me. You can uh, DM me on Twitter. Drop me. Just uh, tweet at me. Uh, I welcome any and all feedback you guys have got for me when it comes to the power rankings. Alright, final notes on today's show coming up next, including some very, very impressive week one performances in the NFL by some former Cougars, including one guy you know simply as Puka. We're talking about all that as we continue on right here. Unlocked on Cougars. A quick word real quick, though, on our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, of course, FanDuel's been working on this for months now. Get ready for the NFL season, which just kicked off with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, 
New customers get five. I uh, can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets back guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet five dollars, you can get a hundred dollars off your NFL Sunday ticket uh, from YouTube and YouTube TV right now. If you want to watch your team, those out of market games, you can save a significant chunk of money, a hundred bucks off uh, via our friends at Fan. Uh, yeah, Fanduel. Uh, now is the time, best time to join Fanduel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and many, many more options out there. Courtesy of Fanduel, visit Fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. Once again, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. It's all courtesy of your friends at FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine, everybody. Hoping on a fantastic Monday uh, here on the show. Uh, any and all feedback is welcome on the show, as well as I'm going to solicit your guys' help if you have not liked the show, uh, uh, have you, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're not subscribed to the channel, I would encourage you guys to do so. Hit the like button, enable notifications, uh, uh, leave us a rating, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. A review would absolutely be welcome as well. Any and all support you guys can offer uh, to the show is much appreciated. I would encourage you guys to do just that. All right, a couple of notes before we go on today's show. Uh, the undefeated start for BYU women's soccer and women's volleyball was only going to last so long. It just was inevitable. And uh Tough loss for BYU women's volleyball in the final game of their matchup in the Cougar Challenge up at Washington State. Uh, the Washington State Cougars upended BYU at Bowler Gym 3-1 on Friday night. Uh, tough loss for BYU in that one, obviously. But uh, the Cougars now have dropped their first uh, match of the season. They're back in action Wednesday night as they welcome Utah to the Smith Fieldhouse. Uh, an opportunity to bounce back for BYU women's volleyball. Interested to see where they fall in the standings uh, this week after that loss to Washington State. Cougars, speaking of Wazoo, ranked 13th, but I, I think BYU may uh, drop just outside the top 10 with that loss. We'll see what happens there. Uh, BYU Women's Soccer, on the other hand, decided to hand Utah just a big fat L. 6-1 win up at Ute Field for BYU. Uh, braces scored by Allie Fryer as well as Olivia Smith-Griffiths uh, led the Cougars in that win. Fantastic showing for the number one ranked team in the country. Uh, they are going to be back in action for the first Big 12 Conference matchup of the season. Uh, all sports. Uh, also, it would be the first Big 12 uh, matchup for all BYU sports as they welcome TCU uh, to Southfield. It'll be at 7 o'clock on Thursday night. It will be televised on ESPNU if you want to check that out. And then the final notes is BYU men's women's cross country had a fantastic showing in their first uh, mat- uh, meet of the season, I should say. The number three ranked BYU men's cross country team uh, won the Autumn Classic, their home event, 17 points. Uh, so, really, really good showing for BYU men's cross country. And the number seven ranked BYU women's uh, cross country team uh, ended up winning theirs as well. They had 15 points. Uh, so, fantastic showings. They had all five uh, top five places for BYU women's cross country. So, good showings for both of the cross country programs as well. And then the final notes is the NFL is back, and it was really fun to sit down and watch a lot of it uh, yesterday. And some former Cougars. 
Cougars absolutely put on fantastic performances. Two I'm going to point out in particular. I got to give a shout out uh, first off to Tyler Algier, uh, vulturing touchdowns at the goal line uh, for, for the Atlanta Falcons. He had two of them in the season opener for the Falcons. Really, really fun, really fun uh, to see Tyler Algier doing his thing uh, for Atlanta. He's got such an incredible story, being a preferred walk on to BYU out of Fontana, California. Then ends up uh, being a, a linebacker for a season for BYU, actually getting them in tackles in a game against Boise State. The following year, he moves over to running back and then goes and leads BYU to a huge win at Boise State as a leading running back. Goes on to have one of the more spectacular, if not the most spectacular single season in BYU football history in 2021. And then was just an absolute a star uh, down the stretch a season ago for an otherwise nondescript uh Atlanta Falcons team, but really, really fun to see him doing his thing. Congratulations to, uh, as Sean Walker called him, two touchdown Tyler on the day. But the real, real big star of the uh, of the day belongs to Puka Nakua. Holy smokes, folks! Ten catches, 119 yards. It's 11.9 yards per reception. The young man was absolutely lights out for the Los Angeles Rams. Now. I admit, I have Cooper Cup on my fantasy football roster in the league I'm playing in. Him being put on the IR absolutely hurts me, but if it gives a guy like uh, Tyler, uh, not Tyler Alger, gives Puka Nakua the chance to do what he's doing out there, I will take it every single time. He is absolutely just killing it right now uh, for uh, the uh, for the Rams. Uh, like I said, I think the it was Eastman Sets and Info, Information put this out here. Puka Nakua had 10 receptions for 119 receiving yards. He becomes the fourth player in NFL history to have 10 receptions and over 100 receiving yards in his first career game. The only other player that's notable of those uh, three other players is Anquan Bolden, who is a Hall of Famer in his own right. Anquan Bolden did it in his debut in 2003. 20 years later, Puka Nakua matches Anquan Bolden. Uh, Kiki Kute, I believe, uh, played for the Houston Texans for a minute. And then way back in 1964, Sid Blanks was the other player to do it. So Puka Nakua in some pretty elite territory with that showing the Rams uh, getting the win up there against uh, the uh, Seattle Seahawks and uh, really, really fun to see. And uh, Man, Puka, we, we got robbed a little bit. It feels like his BYU fans, didn't we? Some of the injuries he dealt with obviously took him off the field at BYU. would have been uh, fun to see him do more in a Cougar uniform, but it is awesome. I got to say, it is fantastic to see him doing his thing in the NFL. Uh, other, I guess one other tip of the cap, because I'm a, I'm a loyal 49ers fan, Fred Warner just absolutely looking lights out. This 49ers defense stifling uh, the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Uh, 49ers winning their, winning that game 30-7, to and Fred just looking like an, uh, just another great season is coming for what is probably the best middle linebacker in the NFL right now. So really, really fun stuff for former Cougars and the pros. Uh, I need to dig more into some of the other stats uh, for these pl- uh, other former players, and we'll probably do a, f- a fuller recap maybe on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. All right, we are a little bit over time, but big thank you all the same to all of you for your support of the podcast, as always. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, we're going to recap what we learned from media availability today. BYU head coach Kalani Satake have his weekly press conference as BYU really ratchets up the level of competition against Arkansas. Uh, just one thing, they're saying that Raheem Sanders, Rocket Sanders, who absolutely torched BYU in that game a 
year ago with 175 yards or some such. Uh, he may not be able to go for Arkansas. Uh, hoping to get some more clarification on that uh, today as well from the Arkansas side of things. So we'll start to dig into the Razorbacks on tomorrow's edition of the podcast and news and notes of what we were able to collect in the meantime. So there you go. You're up to date on everything I've got for you guys on a Monday. Hope you guys are doing well. Thank you once again for making it your first listen of the day. And thank you for being everydayers with us right here on Locked On Cougars. We will talk to you guys again tomorrow. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.